Hello and welcome to Resourceful, stories from the site, proudly brought to you by Resources Unearthed. At Resources Unearthed, we help executives, professionals and business owners in mining and resources to be successful both personally and professionally. We've created this podcast to help you in your employment or business, and we'll be chatting to people who have a proven track record of success in the industry. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Tim Cartledge, Principal Consultant at Cartledge Mining and Geotechnics. In this episode, we explore the transition from his technical role to establishing a successful business. With a multidisciplinary experience in civil and mining geotechnics in both industry and consulting roles, Tim's breadth of knowledge placed him in a unique position to start his own business five years ago. Brisbane-based Cartledge Mining and Geotechnics provides life cycle geotechnical solutions for projects from advisory services through to construction support. Tim reiterates the importance of hiring a good team and knowing how to relate to people with a range of cultural backgrounds and personalities. We also discuss how Tim has approached the difficulties faced while running a business during the global pandemic and the numerous technological advancements that have impacted the industry for the better. Hi, my name is Brett Cribb, Managing Director and Founder of Resources Unearthed, and welcome to Resourceful Stories from the Site. Today, I'm joined by Tim Cartledge, Principal of Cartledge Mining and Geotechnics, who are based in Brisbane. I met Tim through a professional partner of Resources Unearthed, however, I'd heard of Tim's name and that of his company for a while before we were formally introduced. Cartledge Geotechnical have clients around the world, and today I'll be exploring Tim's business world, coming from what is traditionally a technical role to running a successful business. Tim is known by my colleagues to have a level head in business, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about his experiences and stories from the site. So wherever you are, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Resourceful. So welcome, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brett. I'm glad to be here. So, Tim, you know, kick us off today. Could you tell us how and where you started in geotechnical engineering and the, and the greater mining and resources industry today? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Brett. So I actually started my degree at RMIT in Melbourne, doing geological engineering, which back in the day was quite unique and not many people of us coming out of that course, but it was a great course. From there I went to, um, started from the civil world at Coffee Geotechnics. After that I got an opportunity to move into the mining space, so I went up to Mount Isa there, working with extra zinc in the, in the surface area, in the surface space, looking after Black Star and Handlebar Hill. Um, following uh, my time up at uh, Mount Isa, I moved back into consulting with AMDAD, a small boutique mining consultancy here in Brisbane, doing some mining engineering, and then from there I was uh, brought back into the geotechnical world with GHD and following GHD I moved to Wally Parsons and following Wally Parsons I saw an opportunity to start my career, my own business and um, here we are five years later staying where we are today. Can you talk a bit about you know how you ended up transitioning into that business from an employee and what steps you took along the way and the decisions you made you know what, what was it that provoked you all those sorts of things. As I sort of went through my career there I've been pretty fortunate to work with some some fantastic companies, some fantastic people throughout my career. So starting in um, coffee, I worked for some really big projects in Northern Busway here in Brisbane, but also Hidden Valley over in PNG. So that was some really valuable projects and learning the skills and the, the level of detail required as, as a consultant to deliver really critical projects and um, work through those. Um, from there, been, when I spent some time in, in the mining space, we really learned about operations and the value of working with the, the team there at, at Extrata and Blackstar. And, I spent a lot of time as a 
radar technician pulling radars apart and putting them back together and yeah that was, that was one of my I'm not sure what my job title was there for a while as a geological engineer or a um, radar technician but um, up there I learned a lot about that and then from there when I came back into AMDAD I really learned some valuable lessons as a mining engineer at the cost side designing pits and cutbacks and things like that the cost benefit analysis and cost implications and just how that side of a bit of a mine site operates and how you can do things in terms of waste and the detail around that sort of thing. So that was very valuable in my development. When I went to GHD, I learned a lot more about the consulting side of it and the leadership and the costs and how to really develop as a consultant, as a really high level consultant of the GSD, an excellent company. Following my time at Wally Parsons, I just sort of saw an opportunity there to step out into the business world. and. Um, yeah, and from there I had to work very hard and develop my links and my network and yeah, just sort of from there I've just sort of progressed over the last five years to, to where we are today. Tim, what's been your biggest learning in business so far or some of your biggest challenges in running your business? So I think one of the biggest learnings I've had so far is, as my business has grown that, and throughout my career, to hire good people. You can be technically competent, which is obviously a key part of what we do, but uh, I think we've all been in businesses there where we've worked with people we don't enjoy working with and the bureaucracy and politics that goes along in these businesses can get you down a bit. But as long as you're hiring good people you enjoy working with and you know they're going to work well with your clients, I think that's a key part of what I do and what my team has been built around, that I, I enjoy going to work with my team and I enjoy talking to these guys and catching up with them. That. So I think it's a key part of what I do and make successful consultants as well. So that, that's a key, key learning that I've built on and built some real success around from that. In terms of challenges, I think for myself, the business is at a stage now, I'm, I'm probably seeing the biggest challenge right now. So I put on two senior people earlier this year and right before COVID hit. So yeah. there was um, new capability coming in and more capacity and obviously at the senior side, so there was more cost there. So it's been about trying to communicate and sort of bring in new clients to sort of, because we've got the new capability during a COVID time when you can't necessarily get out and meet yeah. people and meet clients and get out and do the BD that you may regularly normally be able to do. So. And now from that, we're going into a period where there's a bit of uncertainty in the industry and the global downturn and so forth. So I think at the moment, while business remains strong, just the uncertainty I think at the moment for us going forward is probably going to be the biggest challenge I'm seeing, making sure we lead a team and the team can work to get through this. That probably brings us into operating a geotech business in a COVID world. It presents some challenges for a role that traditionally, like a lot of these technical roles, is a fair bit of on-site visits and and... So how have you managed that for your business? Being a mining consultancy, um, we're often, as you say, working remotely, working away from the office. So we were set up quite well to deal with the, um, the issues of not being in the office and having access to everybody and everything. So we we're regularly using Teams and communicating across those sorts of media. So we had everything set up quite well to manage that. Obviously as COVID hit, there was less travel. Some of our guys weren't traveling as much and there's reduced movement there. but. We adjusted by having to obviously meet clients' controls and the mining industry had quite a, quite a strong focus on them in terms of COVID impacts. So putting those additional processes in place helped us maintain the travel they're allowed to do, being a critical industry. We did um, have those in place and we were able to travel during that period. So throughout that period, following on from that, we've been able to maintain um, deliverables to our client and haven't seen, fortunately, seen too much of an impact on our business and our ability to sort of um, support our clients that way. A further sort of question to you, you know, is there any new technical or concepts or trends within the geotechnical engineering sector and mining sector that you've been interested in lately? I think the one that's probably had the biggest impact and I think been taken up quite broadly by the mining industry now, that 
these days is um, drones. So this had twofold impact for us that improved safety and access to areas. So we can use now, now use drones to go out and take photos of high walls and crests and things like that, whereas we don't have to go up close to the high wall anymore and don't disturb um, the circuits or what have you. So that's really improved the safety of things and actually accessing areas that are previously inaccessible with the benches being closed off or, or dug out. So that's been very helpful. And also the, um, the ability to collect additional data for high wall mapping. So a key part mm -hmm. of what we do is obviously identifying geological structures and, um, and the like. So being able to get that data collected quickly and process into 3D photogrammetry and um, 3D images to help with structural interpretation and um, hazard identification has really been a, a, big, a big improvement for us to identify for safety purposes and also for um, um, predictive design and stuff like that. So it's definitely um, had a big imp impact for us and I think it's still being developed, but definitely uh, technology yeah. is improving. So, Do you see any changes coming in the mining and resources industry that would affect you or that are of interest to you or anything like that? Yeah, so along those lines, I guess, and it's something that's already occurring and that's big data. It's spoken about a lot and mm -hmm. AI and how that allows us as geotechnical engineers to take very disparate pieces of information. So generally geotechs we have so you've got your groundwater and your radars and drone imagery and that, and actually being able to pull that information together and then integrate that into a 3D model, I think going forward is going to be the biggest impact for us. And mm -hmm. 3D modelling, numerical modelling is becoming more commonplace, yeah. um, more powerful and easier and quicker to process. So I think getting all that data, bring it together, is going to be the biggest improvement for us, I think, going in the future. And um, as mines get deeper, ground is becoming more complex, having these um, more detailed models with a lot more information is really going to allow us to improve safety and then also develop designs that are more aggressive um, and more optimal for, for these areas to sort of and keep the economics of mining going as we get into more difficult ground. So Tim, do you have any uh, tips for managers or professionals in the sector, including you know, how that could assist other professionals aspiring to enter the business world? I don't think there's any secrets to this one for me personally. As an individual, when you started a business, it just came down to hard work and um, persistence and just getting out there and being flexible, doing what you had to do to find the clients and move with the industry. Um, the mining industry is very diverse and um, getting out there and just taking advantage of the opportunities that come up, but it just takes a lot of persistence and a lot of hard work. And I don't think there's too many secrets to that up front. I mean, as you get, get on and the business develops, there's different things that come into that, but it doesn't change the fact that you just got to work hard and persist with yeah. and get out and talk to people. And being in the mining industry, as I'm sure you're very aware, you deal with lots of different characters. Mm lots of different peoples right from the executive level through to operators and being geotechnical engineers we have to work with the, the whole yeah the um, whole. gamut of right. people yeah. driving the trucks and that so for the guys to be able to work with them be personable and relate to different personalities and um, manners is very important I think and because ultimately our role is to keep people safe and yeah. be able to go work with those guys to make sure they do stay safe mm. and, and they are happy with what we're doing and what the solutions we're providing them and uh, you know if you could go back to the day you opened cartilage mining and geotech what advice would you give yourself? I think back when I opened up, I, I started 2015, 16 era. So right at the very downturn of the mining industry, but I think my advice to myself would be, be better prepared financially and um, be better networked at the time. I don't think I was quite prepared as well as I could have been um, when I started out. So having those things in place, I think is quite critical because mm -hmm. as, as I'm sure you're aware, when you start a business, the opportunities and cash flows were generally going to be your smallest when you start out the first year. Yeah, that's year. right. Yeah. So you've got to be prepared for those ups and downs yeah. and have the support and the, um, the sort of cash flow to support yourself and your family mm. for the time. So I think um, I probably would have had um, been in a better position that way at the time and um, had a, being more aware and more networked with the key decision makers, which I probably wasn't 
as well across at the time as knowing who to talk to to maybe find this opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's something we work on with a lot of our clients around preparing them for those sorts of things. And uh, I know I look back on my time when I started this business and we were quite well prepared because of the advice we'd had over a decade or more. But, yeah. you know, that helps. But, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not an easy thing to start up a business, that's for sure. No. But uh, if you're in the right place at the right time and, uh, and do the right things like you talked about, that's going to help you a long way because it gives you the, as you said, it doesn't happen overnight. And you've got to take advantage. When those opportunities present themselves, you've got to be in a position where you can take advantage of that. And um, you've got to be prepared that, it can take you anywhere and put a lot of pressure. You've got to have people to support you. I started I started my family, yeah. I started my business. So you've got to have that support behind you as well because it does put a lot of pressure on, on your family as well. So they've got yeah. to be on board and um, be helpful and make sure you do think of them as well because yeah. starting a business can take a lot, lot away from your family. So you've got to be conscious that you can take that back as well. Do you have any key values and practices that, you, that work for you that you'd be willing to share with our audience? Um, I think we've discussed most of it. I don't yeah, think- the people it, side. And people and hard work. Um, yeah. To, to my team, it, it's definitely something I, I focus on that my team are very technically competent, obviously as, what, mm. as part of us, we have to understand what we're doing at a high level, but also it's definitely the personal side. And as we discussed, the personalities and the natures you can meet yeah. on a mind side, to be able to relate with those people is actually something that I find to be absolutely a key area as a consultant, to be able to be communicable and be able to discuss and, and engage with people and <laughs> at different levels as well. Your business is cartilage mining and geotechs. Can you tell our listeners a bit about what your business does and how you assist mining and resources companies? Sure. So when I set my business out, I set it up to be a geotechnical consultancy was focused on the mining industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a bit of an opportunity there and it was a bit of a unique set that I went out to. Our first purpose is to provide support to a mining company. So it's a mining company. So that means that we provide open cut coal, underground coal, open cut metals, underground metals. We also do tailings and infrastructure. So um, in terms of geotechnical support, we can provide any sort of support to a mine site now. So that's pit to port and exploration to mine closure. So I see that's as um, a bit of, I think it's a bit of a unique offering. And I think it's a bit opportunity there for us to, um, to take the operational side, the understanding of the operations and the mines that my team have and apply that to the infrastructure side and have somewhere that meets rather than being a civil infrastructure consultant that comes in and provides infrastructure advice to a civil sort of expectation standard. We can take that bit of um, mining and knowledge that we have, integrate that, and I think it's a huge opportunity there for us as a business to um, to build on that side of the infrastructure side and create real opportunity, real value for our clients. So, Tim, you mentioned when you started your business that it would have been more useful to have some more financial backing to be able to ride out a storm, if you like. What did you do beforehand? What sort of things were you doing, and how, what sort of advice were you taking, or how how did you manage that beforehand in your career? When I did start up the business and get everything set up, we did get a loan from the bank. So that was the cash sitting behind the behind us to sort of support my intermittent flow, cash flow yeah, as yeah. we start up. Yeah. So um, that was part of it, but it wasn't a huge sum of money. So it didn't take too long for that to be used up. I mean, there's a lot of cost in running a business, as I'm yeah. sure you're very aware, insurance and <laughs> accounting and everything. legal and all, it all adds up. So, people. Um, yeah. you know, people <laughs> and people are the biggest cost as well. So yeah. um, hardest part of that, I suppose, as a young company, a growing company, you need to have the cash flow sat behind you. So you want to have at least three to six months worth of cash flow sitting there in case t- times get tough, as yeah. they are now. Yeah. So um, the hardest part, I suppose, is the hard part of that is managing sufficient cash flow, sufficient cash reserves, 
and then trying to grow your business, put on people, the costs associated with that. So it does take a lot of planning, a lot of investment and um, taking time to think of that and what you really need because as your company grows, your costs grow. Not, it's not just in the space of hiring more people or more senior people, so more expensive people, but also in terms of offices. As you know, we've just recently moved into yeah. a new office, so yeah. there's additional costs there, there's additional costs for servers and changes in policies and procedures and all those things that you may not necessarily think about. It all takes time and costs, so you really need to plan that out and actually have a really good think about it and assign some costs because they grow with the business. Yeah. And sometimes they grow ahead of the business, so you've got to catch up. So it's a lot of that sort of thing that does, does require time, planning and effort as well. Yeah, and I think it's something like uh, really what, what you're talking about is having a fair chunk of working capital available or Absolutely. being able to tap into a reserve that gives you working capital. Yeah. And one of the interesting parts, you know, a lot of people don't realise is when you, when you go and start a business up, if you think you can go and approach a bank and borrow against your house, they just won't lend you money because no. you're new in business and they want cash flow. And that's the Credit Act. So one thing I always encourage people to do is you don't want to borrow a lot of money, but you borrow a lot of, as much money as you can borrow yep. and then have cash sitting in an offset account to give you flexibility so that you can actually draw on either A, the cash or the loan to for whatever tax deductible yeah. purposes you might have. So Yeah, as you say, yeah. banks are not necessarily, well, they try and help small to medium businesses, but they're not always, not as um, fluid in their cash as you may expect or hope for yeah. start, when you're starting a business, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it does take it. Make to make sure you have everything set up and ready to go in case you yeah. don't need that. You might think you've got lots of equity in your house that you could tap into, yeah. but if the loan facility is not there before you start your business, you won't get it. So the key is to approaching banks before you start your business while you're employed without an intention to change, particularly at that point in time, but then, then you can make your change after that and actually draw on funds if you need to draw on the funds. And the vice versa from that as well, that if you don't actually pay yourself enough income, as a small business owner, the banks won't give you enough money if you think you can go out and buy it. We've actually run into that just recently, trying to yeah. do a renovation on our house. And the banks wouldn't loan us as much as we thought they would because I don't pay myself as much for their businesses. Yeah. Maybe otherwise would have thought. So there's that, it, it works both ways. You've got to try and get the cash flow, but same time you've got to try and get as much out of the business in that as well. Yeah, and there's no point driving yourself into a loss just to pay yourself an income. But as you said, as a business owner, you also want to pay yourself first because a lot of people in business don't pay themselves first and and forget it can be a long time down the road before you will pay yourself first if you don't approach it with that attitude. You've got to see the light in the tunnel, don't you? We, we do work very hard and we want to see the reward for that as well. Mm. So be financially independent and um, live a comfortable life that the, the effort and time we put in sort of rewards us for. Yeah, and as you said, developing a plan is really important and, and I, I always encourage people, if you go into business, don't go into business with the view that it's just going to pay you a wage because if you do that, the wage isn't enough to compensate you for running a business. No, not at the start of it. No, it definitely takes some time. Yeah. and You've got to really become established. And I suppose something else that may not be thought of as much as well as making sure you have good people around you as well. Mm. So good support, so good lawyers, good financial planners, good yeah. accountants because as a business, I've been through a few of those. Yeah, a lot yeah. of time so yeah. and it takes time to find ones that know your business and can provide really good advice reliable advice to work with you as a business owner as well so that's something i find it's it's, it's been really hard to find but very critical as well yeah to finish off with tim what is your funniest or most memorable story from the site i don't think mine's actually from the site um it was actually happened sometime last year as part of our business development that we do i, I signed up to a um a networking event that I saw it was a black tie event. I thought, oh, this yeah. looks nice. It was 
young mining professionals. So I took along one of my younger employees and yeah. I think by the end of the night, I definitely realised that I was no longer young. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and and he, quite, he quite happily points that out to me these days, yeah. that um, I'm no longer a part of that younger mining fraternity. I've definitely moved into the into the older side and the veteran stage, like, <laughs> like we do with basketball now. I'm in the veterans league. So, in the um, masters, we call it in rowing. Masters, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, that was a bit of an epiphany. Yeah. I thought I was still young at that stage, but definitely after that night, I definitely, definitely wasn't feeling young anymore. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Well, it. I still think of myself as young and then realise that's probably not the case. No, <laughs> definitely <laughs> the case, yeah. Tim, thanks for joining us today and for giving our listeners some insight into the world of the mining and resources industry business owner. Um, it's been great to have you here. So thanks very much. No, thank you, but appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. For those listening, if you'd like to speak to Tim, you're more than welcome to connect with him on LinkedIn. And you'll see that information and that of cartilage mining and geotechnics on the podcast section of our website. So thanks for listening. And if you, if you have a spare minute, We'd love you to leave us a review via your favourite platform and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Resourceful, stories from the site. We'll be back in a month with more tips and insight from our other industry leaders. We'd love to connect with you. You can find us on all the usual social channels and our website, resourcesunearthed.com.au. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favourite platform so you never miss an episode.